0: No matter the industry, leaders need to hold these things dear. Who we serve, how we serve, why we serve. This is People Process Service, a frontline source group podcast.
1: Hello, well, welcome to a new episode of People Process Service. I am Tyler Kern. Bill Casco is here as well. Hey Bill. Hey, how are you? I'm well, how are you? I'm
2: doing fantastic. Excited for 2020.
1: They decided for 2020, people needed to see our faces. I don't know why. It's scary. I don't know why either. I it have is, no idea. It is a scary thought. But we have a fantastic guest today here. I, I'm super excited. Uh, an incredible guest. I am very, very excited as well. His name is Bob Lawson. He's a professor at SMU. Bob, I want to let you kind of give us your full title because it is <laughs> ridiculously long and I couldn't remember it.
0: Okay, so I am the director of the O'Neill Center, which is the William J. O'Neill Center for Global Markets and Freedom. I hold an endowed chair. It's called the Jerome M. and Wider Endowed Centennial Chair in Economic Freedom, and I work in the Cox School of Business at SMU. Did you get all that? Each one of those words costs some donor a million dollars. That's a good point. So I should probably that's, remember that's how that. that works at SMU. Here's get the best million, part: though, you get to add a word to the title.
2: Here's the best part: Bob and his co-part wrote a book uh, called "Socialism Sucks," and and the beauty of this book is that it's two economists drink their way through the unfree world on beer, right? We're gonna drink our way through this we podcast, We are gonna drink right? our way through this pod, what do you call a video, is it a video cast? So let's call it a video podcast. Right. Uh, we're gonna drink our way through this today. And part of this is that we have picked, I don't know, 12, 15 something beers from around the world. We're gonna take a sip and Bob's gonna try to tell us what country it's from uh, as we go through. And we're just gonna do a sip and we're gonna move on to the next because we have a lot of beers to drink through today. And then we'll discuss uh, the country that it is and maybe it's even one of the countries in the book. And somehow we're going to work in the people process and service portion of all that, which really is interesting because you couldn't have written the book without the right people, right?
0: No, that's right, right. yeah. I, I can tell you, though, that this book's a terrible way to learn how to do this blind tasting, because we, we just tasted bad beers. Right. <laughs> those <Socialist laughs> beers are terrible. Well, I imagine these are going to be some go good ahead and beers. Let's this over. So let's say try this, try this, one, this see one. what it is. All right. Ooh.
2: Hmm. I'm not sure about that one. I, I have no idea. Uh, I don't even know. You what, brought I, these. I, 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 I did, but I don't know what they are. I got, I'd be lying. I kind of like it. Yeah, let's not mm, be, be honest. Yeah. It's a little citrusy,
0: maybe a double hop, but it's white.
2: He's not just an economist, everybody. This guy knows yeah, his beers. What no, is this beer? Where's this from? What country?
0: France. France. Ah, ah, it's a little, reminds me of a ghost, with this German beer. So, so France, did you guys go to France? No. No, no they're not quite socialist enough yet. <laughs>
1: but they're on the track there then.
0: Well, they, they wanna be uh, socialists,
2: but. So what qualified when you decided to do this book to where to start? Because one of the things, right out of the beginning, the first chapter is like, uh, you're, you're in uh, Sweden which yeah. is all the way back to 2009.
0: Yeah, yeah. We didn't actually go to Sweden for the book. We had been to Sweden, and we, we needed but for to cover... right? Well, yeah, the beer is great. Right. <laughs> in fact, that's the first tell that Sweden isn't socialist. Uh, the title of that chapter is Not Socialism. Right, yeah. And, and it's because the, the first tell is you go there, and the beer is great. We're drinking some really good Belgian beer. It was really expensive. So what we all know about Sweden is their taxes are really high. Mm-hmm. But high taxes don't make a country socialist. Uh, what makes a country socialist is the government running and con- running the economy. And the Swedish economy is a private economy. I mean, Volvo is a private firm. People buy and sell products in grocery stores that are privately owned. Mm-hmm. You know, you live in private homes. It's not a command and control socialist economy like the Soviet Union right. or something like that. Right. So, um, So we had to get that out of the way because we didn't want people confusing. And there is a lot of confusion on both the far left and the far right on this question. We didn't want people confusing uh, that this book is not about social democracies like Sweden, or even the United States. It's about Cuba. It's about North Korea. It's about the old Soviet Union, places like that.
1: So when you first decided to write a book, how did you kind of tackle that, I suppose? Like, that, oh, that to me yeah. seems like such a daunting task.
0: Oh, we had no clue. I mean, we're, my co-author should mention Ben Powell. He's a professor. He has a long title. He's at Texas Tech University. Mm-hmm. runs Something oh, called no, the no, free it's market. It's, it's a, a second one, second one, we'll try this You want to try this? Yeah. Mm. Mm, that tastes warmer. <laughs> that tastes a little bit like a German lager. I was okay. going to say like, German lager, what do we got over there? Austria. Austria. Oh, oh, very close. Close. In the fall, close, right? yeah. close, okay, all right, yeah. that's
2: not bad, all right.
0: Yeah, so Ben, ben and I are both academics. Uh, he runs a center, I run a center, we're under middle ages, he's a little younger than me, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're at a point in our careers, let's quite frankly, where another journal article doesn't matter. <laughs> I've written a bunch. One more or less doesn't matter.
1: And to a certain extent, it probably doesn't excite you as much as a it, project. Probably basis. so. Yeah,
0: it might be a little bit of a midlife crisis in this book, too. And, <laughs> and we like to travel. We, we He and I have hiked a lot of mountains together. We did Kilimanjaro. We've done a lot of big mountains. We've done a lot of, of travel, a lot of drinking. He's a big drinker. And we decided to combine our passions. Uh, he's a free market economist like me. And said, so, "Well, we like free market economics. We like mm-hmm. drinking. We like traveling. Let's just go someplace." And the first place we went to—it's not the first chapter—but the first place we went was Cuba. Interesting. And and we said, but partly I wanted to just go to Cuba, you know, mean. And then we said, "Well, let's," because we want to write it off our taxes. Let's <laughs> write a chapter. And then we did, we got the chapter written and tried to be funny. It's a very—it's the title of the book is tells. I mean, it's very Anthony Bourdainy. Yeah. Uh, I think we say the F word on the second. <laughs> line of the book um, so it's not an academic style of writing right um, so we just went to Cuba we wrote up a fun chapter circulated it to our non-economist friends and say hey do you think this is worth going and they all loved it and we just kept going but there was no real plan uh, there was no master plan after a couple chat after we went to Venezuela we said, well maybe socialism's a theme socialism wasn't even really a thought at, at the beginning but socialist countries to two free market economists are great places to go and visit, mm-hmm. because just walking around and, and seeing things, you can see, ah, oh, that's that's weird. I wonder why that's weird. Oh, that's weird, because this is a socialist country. Some socialist countries So, are it, so in and Cuba, the number of beers yeah. that they had available uh, yeah. were very few. Yeah, this is also unintended. The beer became a running metaphor through the book. In Cuba, there's only two beers. There's Cristal, it's a light lager, and Bucanero, which is a little darker, baki kind of beer, it's a lager also. Um, and that's be- why aren't there more beers? Uh, if you go to any other poor South Caribbean island, go to Jamaica, go to Dominican Republic, they're as poor, maybe a little bit less, but they're about as poor as Cubans. You go to Jamaica, there's 400 beers available from all right. over the world. Right, right. Or why aren't there only, why are there only two? Well, it's because this is a socialist economy and the socialist planners who run the Cuban economy, they only, first of all, allow two companies. I think it's actually one company that makes two beers and they don't allow imports. What's the normal alcohol content level? Uh, percentage? They were 4 or 5% basic. Yeah. Nothing special. Is that what it is? Say nothing? And they were skunky. They tasted like you'd left them in the sun. Well, we probably did leave probably them in the sun. Probably yeah. yeah. long. Yeah. All right, probably. here's another one.
2: We'll try this one. So, is this new? Yep, it's a new one. Oh, mm. Man. Mm. That's really good. It's got an interesting taste, chocolatey. You think? Yeah. I don't know. What's the expert say? I'm gonna go Mexican lager. Mexican lager. Ooh. What we got there?
0: Australia. Australia. Oh, wow, well, interesting.
1: Foster's Australian for beer? They don't have
0: Foster's of? in Australia. It's a fake <laughs> it's label. A fake <laughs> yeah, it's only
2: available.
1: No, no, all kinds of things. For so, beer. so
2: two beers in Cuba, yeah. which is
1: okay.
2: unusual. You think, or is it okay. something you all of a sudden were like, why? Well, it,
0: it doesn't. You don't realize it at first. Right. Uh, there's only one kind of Coca-Cola. It's called Something cola. Ben called it kami cola, um, and <laughs> that's that, so. That so there was so there's just no variety, and that's that's the thing about the Cuban economy. It's not uh, they're not starving in the streets. The people in Cuba are getting enough calories to stay mm-hmm. alive. Um, they're not eating particularly well, but you know. But when you go into a, a even a well stocked, and there were some well stocked Cuban stores. Mm-hmm. I mean, you go into what we would call a Seven Eleven, little convenience store, a little tienda sitting on on, on a street in, in Havana and there'd be stuff but if you counted it'd be like oh my gosh there's only like 20 different items here yeah you know i don't know how many items are in a 7-eleven but i bet you there's a thousand or something different items five several hundred Mm -hmm. distinct items for sale so the utter lack of variety now many of the cuban stores weren't even that well stocked you'd go in and there'd be four or five things for sale and be empty shelves but even the ones that were well stocked there was no variety and the, the central planners they just don't put any value on giving consumers lots of different types of choices so you get one kind of cola two types of beer you walk in you would see a whole you know whole bunch of you know some kind of cornflake you know cereal and it'd be just one brand and so after a week there and and we're rich tourists we can actually buy our way around the island pretty pretty well um you were just desperate for something different (laughs) and i can't imagine living there and being poor and living there It's a certain type of drudgery on a, that really is and, and that's weird again it's not normal you, you would not even poor people would say the Dominican Republic uh, and and it would not have that kind of, of dreary sameness every day after mm-hmm. day now they're they're poor and being poor is no fun but um, it's it's not the same kind of poor as you get in other countries so you, you go from Cuba
2: to what was the next one well the first
0: chapter actually was Venezuela we started okay, right in Venezuela, Venezuela. okay we wanted to kind of say, you know, first of all, it's current socials. Like Cuba, the, these are currently operating socialist economies, um, but the Venezuela is a disaster. I mean, they are actually not feeding themselves. Uh, right. The average Venezuelan, according even to the government, has lost between 20 and 40 pounds in the last couple of years. And wow. it's not because they're on Jenny Craig. Yeah. Uh, so it's been a-, a, a but They have beers. Well, sort of. Okay. They have one beer company, again, socialism. Uh, it's called Polar, Empresas uh, Polar and they have actually had times where they couldn't make beer the, the factories have shut down wow and the reason is the government's in control of foreign exchange and they need f- dollars to buy barley because they don't make barley in venezuela so when the company doesn't get enough dollars they can't get enough barley they can't get enough barley. They can't make beer uh, i don't think they've actually run out on the street but the company has actually had to cease production a number of times i don't know if i was a socialist planner i would make sure we made beer vodka or whatever, <laughs> right. whatever we want uh we're going to run out of toilet paper and everything else because that's socialism you know famous for that kind of thing but at least you'd make beer and you know they're not even doing that in venezuela on a wow.
1: reliable basis so yeah so when you mentioned yeah. anthony bourdain earlier that yeah. was so speaking was by my language was, uh, uh should we try this yeah first? we should we should have yeah, yeah. a bell that yeah. does
0: go off that's heineken
2: you so said that's heineken thailand.
0: Oh, oh it's sing tower thailand. Thailand. thailand wow yeah. I would not have guessed that. See, so they have that skunky. Pick. I kind of thought
1: you were right. Uh, so have, yeah. Uh,
0: so Thai th- Asian beers are kind of skunky, like like. Yeah, Heineken like a is, like so.
1: a Heineken. Yeah. That's a, that's a really good point. Yeah. So, you mentioned Anthony Bourdain. What cool. I loved about his show was that you, you know, thought you were watching a food show about a right. chef that goes around the world and eats food and that, stuff like that. But along the way, you learn lessons about you know the history of a place, some of the culture. You get more than what you initially thought. When did you first realize that? we're kind of you know we're writing about economics here but what we're really doing it is packaging it in such a way that it's more accessible but for the average kind of regular that was the,
0: the absolutely was the initial goal i mean mm-hmm. my one of the first things this has been let's let's write a book that's the bastard sorry can i say that the so bastard beer. Uh, another couple beers we can say whatever we want to say anthony it's the bastard's child of anthony bernain and milton friedman i wanted the style of anthony bernain i yeah. wanted it to be light funny but it's a deadly serious topic, mm-hmm. socialism, literally deadly serious topic and we're economists and we wanted to, to bring some rigor to mm-hmm. it. But you know, we've written boring journal articles that no one reads except maybe our friends, and wives, and they, well, our wives don't read us, they, they pretend. They to.
1: pretend to, yeah. And, yeah.
0: and so we're like, you know, let's write a book that people wanna read because it's it's lively. Mm-hmm. Right. But we're mm-hmm. gonna slip in some economics in here. Sure. Um, and so we've got some hard price theory. One of the things we do, I, I forget which chapter, is we we had to describe Marxist economics. Oh. A, and it's a short oh, cool. book and we had, we, we, we basically allocated ourselves 150 words or something. Mm-hmm. It's like, I gotta summarize Karl Marx in 150 words and not make a mistake that yeah. my friends would actually know, my economist friends. And so we, but we did, you know, we talked about surplus value and, and, you know, and we talked about these really kind of esoteric Marxist terms because they matter for yeah. if you wanna understand socialist economics, you gotta understand the, the, the granddaddy was, was Karl Marx.
1: That's really yeah. fascinating. That's really fascinating. That, that's kind of what, what I'm so intrigued by, is just writing something that is accessible to everybody, yeah. but you almost don't realize you're learning and then all of a sudden you're learning. It.
2: Well, and I think it's breaking it down in so many terms that you compared it to beers, and the number of beers available and what the their economic situation is correlates in so many ways. And when you read about North Korea, that was the one to me that was probably the right. most interesting of all of them. Next to, uh, I know China was very interesting, yeah. but North Korea, me was interesting right. because they don't actually produce a beer
0: well they do no they do is that what it was uh, was the, it uh, antifreeze korea, so we we didn't actually I should <laughs> clarify we didn't go into north korea okay. our, our wives refused to allow that part of the trip we went to instead we went to the chinese north korean border it's a mm-hmm. city called dandong on the china border it's on the yalu river it's the biggest city that connects uh china with north korea and um uh, we did buy actually some north korean beer on the on the streets these north koreans huh will barter across the river, and uh, so you could buy, you know, North, Korea, North Korean money, some handmade works, and things like that. But also, some people were selling some beer, so we bought a couple. We actually drank one on another podcast. It is Kibbey on Liberty. It's a great podcast. Um, uh, so I don't know if I'm allowed to advertise <laughs> you other do podcasts on your podcast, but not a socialist. There, there's of not a. a there's, yeah, there's not a word to describe how, how toxic that that beer was. I mean, right. I've never actually rank industrial solvent but this is what i imagine industrial solvent tastes like yeah. if you drink it i mean I, I was genuinely concerned for my health it was so awful we had th- we had a ton of what it called tall boy maybe a 24 ounce type Mm-mm. can and we had three professional alcoholics there and neither one of we could not finish that that, <laughs> that, that, that can of beer but this one was this one's beyond darker. awful
1: this is darker oh
0: ireland ireland Man, mm. uh, Sapporo mm. probably. Yeah, that's good. That's interesting. Got a little sour though. Like, yeah. So. so the
2: North Korea thing. So then, why are there yeah. the the chapter on on China? Yeah. Also, why, why are you doing all? that? I mean, how are you figuring out where to go? Uh, I mean, who's yeah. guiding you along this?
0: Because it doesn't yeah. happen all. Yeah.
2: yeah it it yeah. makes it look like if you're reading through here, sure. happens in a couple months. This is obviously over. Yeah, we, we'd go a somewhere about
0: six months later. We go somewhere else. Right. And, and we did like the China and the Korea stuff was one big trip, but right. um, it was pretty much planned just by the two of us on a, you know, just on a whim. Right. Mm. But for Venezuela, we did, uh, we did contact some friends in Colombia and they hooked us. My Spanish is good enough to like get around, but it's not good enough to interview anybody. So. Right. Um, we found someone who knew a friend and they, they came with us okay. in Beijing. We found a friend of a friend who, um, is a journalist and, right. and kind of a free market guy himself. So he helped us in Beijing and then we, we gave him a hundred hour plane ticket and we flew to Dandong cause we're like, we're not buying a plane ticket, but we'll, we'll buy a train ticket. He flew to Dandong and, or dro- came to Dandong with us and helped us there. Uh, he also had some Korean, which was helpful because mm-hmm. on the border there it's it's kind of a mix of both languages. So we did some planning in advance. Uh, in Moscow, we did a little bit, of, but but I got to be honest, we didn't do a lot. We just sort of ar- arrived. We had maybe a hotel. We didn't even book hotels for the whole trip. Sometimes we just had a hotel the first night, and we were just we wanted to wing it and let our sort of st- street level experiences, you know, give us the color commentary, the stories we could tell, and then we could layer those stories with the economics. So, the fake socialism in
2: China was yeah. something I found very yeah. interesting, especially talking about the, the pay-wise, uh, the amount of pay that people were making. Um, average annual income, you know, people are still living on less than $5.50 a day.
0: Well, not many. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, so, you know, in, in China today, we call that, chi- that chapter fake socialism because right. although they haven't given up the Communist Party's political control, as we all know. Mm-hmm. They have given up hard socialism. They are no longer centrally planning the Chinese economy. They allow private. They've centr- they central. They privatize the farms. They have private businesses. You can make profit. You can buy a Mercedes. You know whatever. You can't criticize the government, which is a separate. But important, yeah, but which separation. in this chapter right. talks yeah, about we, that we, obviously we, happened. We should talk about that. Yes, yeah, I great. thought that was very interesting. So we call it fake socialism because it's not really a socialist economy anymore. And you can see that in the cities with the skylines that just go on for miles. And Dandong was, is, is my it's not even a major Chinese city by Chinese state, city standards. Yeah. It was the most. I mean, it was five Dallas skylines. I don't wow. at least if, if more. Um, Beijing, you know, and Shanghai, and, and you know, we did it Shenzhen. I've seen that in other trips. It's just these are amazing places. So that's real. That's that's more or less capitalism. Now it's crony capitalism. The government's still doing a lot of things. The capital markets are a mess. We talk about this stuff in the book. Right. But it's 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 not socialism like Mao had. Mm-hmm. Mao literally collectivized, nationalized the entire means of production. Every company, every entity that made anything, whether it was food or you know manufactured items, everything was controlled by the government, and that's. Clearly not the case today. How are their beers, though? Um, Well, I've I've had a couple Chinese beers. The beautiful thing is when we were in China, because it's not a socialist economy anymore, we had beers from all over. We were in Dandong, which is, again, not exactly a backwater, but it's not Beijing. Uh, And we're walking down the street, and we see this beer bar with bottles of beer. and I said, there's <laughs> Lakewood Lager sitting there at that local Dallas beer. Are you serious? I'm totally serious. Oh. I don't know how they get this stuff. They must smuggle it over. And they brew that beer
1: s- in Garland, Texas, yes. and it's in China? So, they bring it into so, North Korea. Oh my so, That was also,
0: again, it's, it's a tell. You're not in a social, if you can buy, if you can be in a backwater city uh, yeah. like Dandong and find beers, hundreds of beers available in some just random street vendor, uh, you're not in a socialist economy I guarantee <laughs> right, it right? Right. You're, in a, you're in something like a capitalist economy now um, alright let's try so, this one yeah. this is another darker one ooh that's
1: that's gotta be it that's like the maltiest one so far right yeah like kind of,
0: a little bit hmm.
1: we're getting to my, my kind of style now the more like coffee a beer tastes the more I'm into it oh my
2: it.
0: gosh it's a Starbucks beer <laughs> I, I'm thinking English or Irish too but I
2: not bass, is it? Scientific over here. You
1: can hold the the big lights yeah. right up here, you
0: know. Any guesses?
2: Yeah. I'm going to go England. England?
1: What do we got? Italy. Ooh, Italy. Ooh, ooh. This is not Peroni, though. No, it's no, not. It'd be a lot lighter, wouldn't it? No. <laughs> this is not Peroni. So,
2: so you guys are in China. You or yeah. attend. You went to a meeting.
0: Yeah. So we went to a, there a we, long story, but we yeah. ended up at a conference <laughs> uh, in Beijing. Uh, so we only went for like a couple hours, but. It was a really cool conference. It was about Ayn Rand, the author, philosopher, and Friedrich Hayek, the Nobel Prize winning free market economist. And we're huh. like, oh my gosh, we're within a mile of Tiananmen Square, and we're with Chinese professors and, and students, and we're talking about probably two of the greatest anti-communist intellectuals in the history of the 20th century. Right. How cool is this? Right. Well, it wasn't cool very long. The next day, that conference was continuing. We were actually going off somewhere else, but the conference was was continuing the next day, the government showed up with armed thugs, and they padlocked the doors of the building at, with people still in the building, uh, and they shut the conference down. And that think tank, is called Unirule. They about yeah. six months ago, they they, they closed up shop. Mm-hmm. They, they were forced to stop. So they, yeah, evicted. They were standing, and Yeah, had all types of problems. yeah. They've been they, since I think since that even came out. They, yeah. they they don't exist anymore. Wow. The government has harassed them out of existence. Wow. So we, there is a real there is a real contrast, sort of a schizophrenia. Mm-hmm. On the one hand, the Chinese people are now free to buy and sell and, and prosper and, and, and create businesses and do those sorts of things. But they don't have the freedom to, the civil freedoms and civil liberties, to vote, um, to speak their mind, or even have a conference uh, talking about Ayn Rand. Mm. Um, so, so it's a, it's a schizophrenia, and, and, and it's an open question as to how long that, that imbalance is going to be sustainable for them.
1: Hmm.
2: I mean, it's just mind-boggling when you think about a beer from Lakewood showing up there.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, it's it just crazy. crazy. Yeah, I'm not crazy. over it. I'm not <laughs> over yeah. it. Yeah. Was, yeah. There, was there a common theme that you noticed Drink. kind of running through? Oh, yeah. let should try this. <laughs> Sorry.
2: See, I would have best met the Italian thing on this one. Yeah, right? Uh, yeah.
1: yeah.
0: This is Peroni to me. That's but what I was going to say. Yeah. I'm not cool. a Belgian
1: white. Have we had a Belgian one yet? No, I don't think that's my guess.
0: Still pretty low alcohol. Most of those Belgians, are, you can taste. That's a good point. Let's see That's if a we have one. It's like, is it like wine? You can tell how much alcohol by the- I go to
1: Bill for all my wine info. Uh, so,
0: yeah, <laughs> I guess. Uh, I got no clue. All I keep right, saying Heineken. Oh,
1: uh,
2: the Canadians. A little Molson golden or something. Is it Molson? I
1: think that is, is that Molson? It is. How many have we had now? Okay. okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. All right. I'm okay. All right. okay we're rolling. We're
0: of literally
2: 0 over though, aren't we? Yeah. True. True. we? yeah. At least named it once. Yeah. You, uh yeah. Once you identified I the, the country, <laughs> it a couple times.
1: So, uh, did you notice a common theme running through the people that were in strictly like socialist countries? Right. The ones like like Venezuela, like um, you know North mm-hmm. Korea. Like a- anytime you talk to people in countries that are very socialist. Did you notice a common theme kind of running through those people of either attitude towards the government, attitude towards their own lives, attitude or attitude towards ambition, investment, things like that? Yeah. So uh, in Cuba,
0: we, were, we, we found it difficult. People were not willing to talk. It's mm-hmm. still pretty repressive uh, and we're outsiders. Sure. And so I uh, did broach a couple topics with my poor Spanish, and um, it was clear it was uncomfortable to them. Um, in Venezuela, we had some interviews. We talked to one couple, Paulo and Ana Maria, were their names, and they had driven three days, actually one way, so it's a six-day round trip, to buy some groceries on the Colombian border, um, and uh, that was really horrible to think about. I mean, they were middle—they were middle-class people. They weren't peasants. They, they, I think Paulo worked in a hotel, mm-hmm. and they were, uh, needless to say, they were quite outspoken about the situation, uh, the security. it's, it's dangerous. Um, they don't know you know literally now where they're going to get food they, they were worried that this might be the last time they could do this trip because it's so dangerous to travel uh so so that was probably the most memorable thing I, from the, all the travels I was talking to them now in um in moscow we, did, we ended up in russia too and we did talk to a lot of people who remembered soviet times mm-hmm. and and now that you're free to criticize soviet times more or less um, you, you know, there was no, no shortage of commentary right, uh, about right. the
1: difficulties. Once Rocky Balboa uh, beat Ivan Drago, it right, yeah, ended, ended know, the cold war. Effectively. And, and there's a little
0: nostalgia in Russia for the old Soviet times, but, but huh. you're still, you can criticize, you know, the Soviet Union. I mean, people talk just day to day life, yeah. you know, waiting in line, getting butter, um, you know, I used to, I, I, one of the things I ask, I ask people there for their first Coca-Cola stories.
1: Oh, uh, that's pretty like, cool.
0: You know, because if you lived in Soviet times, at some point or another, you had your first Coke. Mm-hmm. And you, everyone knew that was the most iconic. Levi's and Coca-Cola are the two most iconic yeah. American brands in their world. And and they remember their first one. And it's usually quite an emotional story because it, it's like, we finally, I finally had a Coca-Cola. It's like, yeah. what are you like? You know, it's nothing to me. But, right, right. But so, so those kind of stories, and they were quite free. Hmm. So Cubans weren't very free. Um uh, the Chinese were surprisingly free. Again, we were hanging out with these economists who were studying Ayn Rand, so yeah. it wasn't really a sample. They were quite forthright
2: hmm.
0: about their desire for a freer China.
2: Um,
0: but they're still communist, uh, so if
2: you look at Russia, yeah, truly communist, right. what was the beer situation there? Same Same like, as you can get everything you want. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we drank a lot more vodka there. A lot more vodka. Yeah. You, know, you go local, I mean, it's, you sure. go with what's good. So one of the things in the book you talk about is Lenin's grave Yeah. Uh, and people lining up To to still go in because it was free,
0: yeah, yeah. So I mean, in Soviet times, and also all socialist economies. economies. So almost all socialist economies. Here's what happens: the government takes over the production of goods and services because governments are terrible. This is a very short lecture. Yes. Because governments are terrible at making things, you get not a lot of stuff made. Mm -hmm. But then, now normally, if production goes down, prices go up. Right. But then, socialist governments being what they are, they put price controls on. So it's a combination of low production and low prices, which inevitably means shortages. And so uh, socialist economies always have shortages, and it means waiting in line a lot of times. And In Soviet times, the entire culture was driven by waiting in line. If If you were walking down the street, maybe after work, off the way from the subway to your apartment, you see a line, you would just get in the line. And then you'd ask the person in front of you, what, are we, what are we waiting for? Because <laughs> if there's a line, it must be something good, right? Right. You know? right. It's not Cowboys and, tickets. Exactly. You know. So it was. Uh, and there's no no point waiting in line for yeah. those no, guys. Yeah. They're not there selling no those line. anymore. Yeah, um, I'm I'm a Bengals fan, so yeah. I have no room to, <laughs> to talk. Uh, so the, so so the so the lines were a thing. And now today, of course, Russia doesn't have price controls, and they don't have a central plan, so there's no shortages. Um, except for Lenin's tomb, I thought that was pretty funny because yeah. the one place I found a line in in Russia was waiting in line to to, to visit the architect of, of Soviet communism, right. Lenin. Uh, and it's for the same reason though. There's only one Lenin. You're not going to, and they they don't charge for it, so supply or demand exceeds supply in the classic economics. So, so
2: when we hear about socialist countries yeah. today, yeah. then what are the successful ones? Mm. I mean, we hear that. Canada is socialist, Yeah, right? so
0: that's the Sweden problem. I mean, again, there's no central plan. Canada is a market economy. Now, um, they have government, we have a government here, and our government isn't actually a lot smaller than the Canadian government when you do the math. Uh, one of the things I do in my day, my day job at SMU is I'm the author of something called Economic Freedom of the World, and we use this a lot in the book. Right. And it's an index, it's a scale from zero to 10 of sort of how free market or how socialist you are. And Hong Kong is the number one country. It's the most capitalist, and Venezuela is the least capitalist. Um, so it's a scale. Of, we have one hundred sixty-two countries. So uh, Canada is in the top ten. They're up there with the Hong Kongs of, of hmm. the world. And so when you look at their property, I mean, private property. You know, there's farms in Canada. Who owns them? Canadian individuals. Which, you know, they sell their products on world markets. Canadian companies are privately owned. There's no central planners in Ottawa deciding prices for the most part there's regulations right. and that pushes and that's why they're not perfect but it's not a socialist economy in any sense um so uh so that's so yeah there's plenty of successful uh countries right. that have government
2: i mean i think so many times you that's hear not the same
0: it's socialist because
2: yeah. their healthcare system sure. their banking yeah. system
1: uh, taxes, well, yeah. so High taxes. Well, there are so
0: there are elements of, of the Canadian economy uh, that are socialist, uh, and healthcare is one of them. The government does, in fact, control the means of production in, in healthcare, uh, and that's a socialist thing. Now, that's one thing out of hundreds or thousands or mm-hmm. tens of thousands of things that get done in Canada. Right, it's a very important thing. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but that doesn't make the country a socialist country. Now we have that here. I mean, who made the roads as we can see out there? I mean, you know, we have socialist roads. We have right. socialist public schools in the United States. I don't think it's accurate to call the United States a socialist country because we have roads and schools that are run by the government.
1: Some of our socialist roads stink.
0: Yeah, well yeah. Our, some of our schools stink too. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I, yeah. So um so so you know, we don't find that that, that what, what you find when you when you go all the way, when you go past, there's no map bright line, but once you go all the way. There are no success stories.
1: I don't, I don't think we have an answer to that one. I though. think this is Heineken. Mm. We keep it. going. I'm Heineken. just going to keep saying that until I'm right. Lebanon. Lebanon.
0: Yeah, well, I'm never going to get that.
1: Wow. Yeah. Last time I was in Lebanon, the beer did not taste like this. Really? I've <laughs> never was, been in Lebanon. What's
2: the last time you went there? <laughs> did, you, did you get inside of a box and fly into <laughs> <out of> Beirut?
0: <laughs> that, no. No, can
1: I ask, are any
0: of these American? Because that looks American. No. Okay.
1: You're saying this looks like a miller light
0: mm. no it's too dark but it just
1: huh. yes.
0: now they're all starting to taste the same
1: yeah
2: is lebanon socialist
0: no nah. it's it's in the middle it's good
2: yeah. i mean we, we have yeah. a, if we were able to get the beer that tells me they're probably not yeah. right
1: wait so you said from one to 162 canada's in the top ten where's yeah. the u.s rank then? top ten top ten yeah yeah interesting yeah. Even if Bernie Sanders were to win the election in 2020. Yeah, well, maybe we'll be bottom of the top 10, man. I mean, really, it's not, <laughs> Well, that's you know, so, yeah. That's
2: where I was gonna kind of go so, with it. I mean, how how much more, what what would it take to actually move up in that? Because you hear the scare. The scare yeah. tactic out there is talking about, we're becoming a socialist country, they're gonna make us socialist, blah, 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 blah. It would take an awful lot
0: to really swing. You wouldn't get that Oh yeah, far. you would. I mean, and that's why most countries, don't change a lot. I mean, you know yeah. I mean we're talking about like collectivizing agriculture. Yeah. I mean that's what to go to go from the top of our list to the bottom, that's the kind of thing you'd have to do. And and you know, that's never I mean even Bernie's, you know, not gonna do that. Right. He's not gonna nationalize seven elevens, you know. <laughs> right. so, not so that mean that'd uh, be a bad thing. I don't yeah, know. Hey, right. you know, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, I like 7 yeah. yeah. Um where else can you get you know, foot cream and a taquito? Yeah, yeah exactly. And a hot
0: dog that's been on there for three right. hours.
1: Uh, sometimes it's what I need.
2: And then Georgia I thought was interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah. so the country of Georgia, the, the former of Georgia, Soviet yeah. Republic. Now I'm a minor expert on this. I've been there, I've actually lost count. I think it's in the order of 15 times. Really? I, I've been going there every year or sometimes twice a year since 2005. Um, and uh, they became independent from the Soviet Union in 91. They had some problems for about 10 years. In 2003, they had a little mini free market revolution. And uh, since then, the Georgians have basically uh, gone crazy. They are, I think, 12th or 13th mm-hmm. on the Economic Freedom Index out of 162. Mm-hmm. So they're not as free market, say, as Hong Kong or even the United States. But they, are, they were part of the Soviet Union 30 years ago, and today they're 13th. That's a wild swing. It's, a hu- it's, it's, by, by, no, it's by far the biggest swing any country. Now, it's a tiny country. They have, I mean, our city is twice the size of their country. But um, it, it, it's an amazing experiment of taking a very, uh, really a hard socialist country and turning it into essentially a hard capitalist country, hmm. and they did it in a very short period of time, and uh, it's been great. And to continue with the alcohol uh, sort of metaphor, right. um, The wine, so they, f- as far as we know, wine historians think wine was invented in Georgia. They really, think that this is the cradle of winemaking is Georgia. And Maybe they have- You go, Bill. Oh, yes. Apparently, dude, yeah. It's amazing. So they have, I, last I saw an article, they have 42 different local varietals that don't exist anywhere else huh. in the world. Um, and in Soviet times, they made wine there because Soviet central planners weren't complete morons. They knew Georgians made wine. So they, but they've just made French wine style crap that no one will really, I mean, mm-hmm. billions and billions of gallons of just swill for the masses in the Soviet Union. Swill, drink. right. But since, the, since all those vineyards are, bankrupt now because no one wants to buy that nonsense right but since that since the fall of Soviet Union since these free market reforms the Georgian wine business has exploded so again they have these weird varieties of grapes that don't exist anywhere else and then they have a winemaking style it's an old old world winemaking style it's not very complicated they have these big clay pots called querby they throw everything in stems and seeds included and they bury the pot wait a few weeks pull out the pot voila wine and uh cool. so like White wines will come out the color of that that beer. It's a amber almost mm. color. It's a white wine, and it's, if you're a wine snob, you absolutely must go to Tbilisi, go to Georgia. Wow, we're gonna have to check that
1: out. Yeah. That so,
0: so when you guys would go into a
2: country, what was I mean? When you decided you're gonna check out the beers, you're checking out what's going on.
0: Did you have a, the same? Did you do the same routine every time, no. or did you? Yeah, each one was different. <laughs> kind of local. Uh, sometimes it was tailored by um frankly who was there in right. georgia i've again because of my contacts there and my many visits um uh we we did a lot of lectures mm-hmm. it's also a way to get you know our universities to pay for it right uh, <laughs> right. uh so um did we even know, guess with that last one by the way so i don't know i don't know oh. <laughs> i lost track czech republic. that was czech
2: republic oh interesting uh, all, right. Hmm. all right i'm running out of countries. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out how they got the beer here. I'm still trying to figure out how Lakewood got yeah. a beer
0: to China. That's what I, I I think, think someone smuggled it in their carry-on I mean, luggage. Know. I don't really think uh, <laughs> there was an exporter there.
1: Yeah, there was a way that... Um, I think there's yeah. just an
0: underground market that, that... Yeah, something. All right, now this tastes very American. It's
1: really light. It is very light. Yeah. Mm. That's the
0: best one. Tastes- I'm going to go Greece. <laughs> Greece. Most, oh Greece? we got?
1: Mexico. Yeah. Uh, uh, corona. Corona? Yeah, so very uh,
2: American. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, in, kind of talking about Mexico, too. I
0: mean, where does Mexico stand? Well, in the Economic Freedom Index, they are almost dead center median. Uh, okay. So, it's obviously not a hard socialist economy. They don't have central planners right. running, you know, making <clears> decisions. But it is, their private economy is heavily controlled by or infused with government regulations and and corruption and bribery and right. you know and things like that. So it's it's very much a, it's, it's, good, it's good It's one of the best examples of really a truly mixed economy where they right. they're not socialist in literally that this hard sense of that word. They're not capitalist in the hard sense of that word. So,
2: so you know we talk about the United States and that going to becoming socialist or, or moving that way would be very difficult. But do you, are there areas within the United States that we find cities that act
0: more socialist than other areas, sure. Yeah, so uh, well, I don't know if this is a, a, a you know an advertisement or not, but my <laughs> center at SMU, my colleague Dean Stanzel, he has uh, an Economic Freedom Index that he does for the fifty states. Okay. And he actually does one for the municipalities, for MSAs. Mm. There's two hundred and eighty municipalities or some number. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. Last I think the report just came out. Texas I think was fourth or fifth out of the fifty. Okay. I think fifty-one because they do DC, and then. Uh, DFW and Houston were in the top ten or twenty. I think uh, seven or eight of the top twenty were actually in Texas, oh,
1: wow. just
0: by virtue of being in a no income tax state. Right. Um, uh, Texas cities kind of
1: yeah kind of benefit. But you from know the being way that Texas. some
0: governments yeah obviously manage yeah. or run. things. Yeah. Now I, I think one of the challenges that he has is that the difference between I think the highest rated state of New Hampshire and the lowest rated state, which I think is California and New York, that difference. Is nowhere near as great as the difference, say, between Hong Kong and Venezuela, like I have in my mm-hmm. index. So, so he's really got a, I think he's got a more difficult job. He's it's trying more granular. To, I yeah, guess. he's trying yeah. to f- figure out these small differences between places that are more or less the same, and the city level is almost a, is you know the same kind of thing. Um, so, but we you know we, we we take measurement seriously at the O'Neill Center. I think measuring things is important, and measuring um, the sort of economic freedom or the capitalisticness of a country is important because it, it allows us to make these kind of conversations, have these conversations and do studies, uh, academic studies, you know.
2: yeah.
0: Um, we do find that not only do, do countries that are more free market do better, we also find that's true in the states and the, and yeah. the, and the municipalities. So the last one, yes. This is looks it really? like a yeah. wheat,
1: maybe. I'm not sure I'm going to like this.
0: No, I can tell you I don't like this.
1: Oh, is that sour?
2: Yeah. So I already know what this one is so I got to throw it in there. So we were thinking about cities in the country cuz this is from in the US. It's from Austin.
0: So oh. that's kind of where it Well, went no back wonder it to. tastes terrible.
2: <laughs> Sorry. It's Sorry. a cider. It's not really good cider oh, okay. is it? Is it really the same thing?
0: It's alcoholic. It is alcohol. It's like <laughs> it's is something. it a pear cider or something no, no. Grapefruit. Oh. oh. I do like some grapefruit beers, but I don't know about that. When you
1: smell it, kind of with the idea of you're <laughs> about to drink hear, beer, now, yeah, you get now, the now it makes a you little, little more it, sense.
2: So, so at the end of the whole thing, do you feel like this book, when it was all said and done, really gave something to look at? Like we should be afraid if all of a sudden our beers start disappearing.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, is it uh, seriously? to uh, yeah. look at, is
2: there a correlation?
0: Yeah, I, you know, I, I kind of we wrote this book in part because we wanted to talk about the success of. Free market economies and the yeah. failure of social economies, and we wanted to get to reach an audience that normally wouldn't read our stuff. I don't know how much we succeeded there. I mean, the title "Socialism Sucks." I don't think if if you were a socialist kid, if you were a little Bernie Sanders, uh, you know, acolyte, <laughs> you're probably not going to pick up this book. So the title is a little off-putting, and I think right. you know. On the other hand, the title is pretty cool. It's fun. I think a lot of people pick up the book because of the title. Right. Uh, so I, I do. I, I think we've had mixed success. I think we've had a lot of people. Um, who now have better arguments about about why socialism doesn't work? Yeah, and maybe you know even if it's this, the metaphors of beer and alcohol, if that's part of their becomes part of their rhetorical repertoire, you know they can when they're talking to people. Maybe when they're at Thanksgiving dinner with their, I hate to say millennial, but they, you know, their young niece who's you know a socialist major, at Bryn leave. Mar. <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah, I looked at you. I didn't mean. Uh, I think this, all this generational stuff is nonsense, but. So I, I think we've succeeded in some ways. Yeah. Um, well, like, even if people you know, watch the news so. more
1: in, in a more informed yeah. sense, right? Knowing yeah. that the U.S. is not socialist, right? Yeah. Not going to be a socialist. Yeah. Like, that to me is right. even just an informative. Just thing. Just knowing that, that
0: Sweden isn't socialist.
1: Exactly. Uh, like that's that's a big kind yeah. of change of mindset. almost Yeah. For a lot
0: of yeah. So Bernie, Bernie now will say when people point, he, he's been he's been a socialist his whole life. He's used the word. He went to the Soviet Union. For his honeymoon, right. he is a socialist, or at least he was most of his life. Today, yeah. if you ask him, "What do you mean? What, what do you want us to be like?" he says Sweden, but Sweden isn't socialist. So right. Bernie's, I think, a little bit of a liar and cheat. But but we wanted to make sure, if if nothing else, call call that bluff. It's like yeah. or if you if you say you're for socialism, that's fine, but don't tell us that's Sweden because the Swedes aren't socialists. They don't like being. They, they, you go to a Sweden, they're like, "We're not social. What are you talking about?" Yeah. So the flip side of that is is. Uh, right-wingers, conservative libertarians, people on my side of the aisle politically, uh, we shouldn't be calling Canada socialist either. Uh, Mm -hmm. Just because they've got one socialist element to their economy doesn't make them any more socialist than ours. We have socialist elements. So I think we all need to use the word socialism a little bit more delicately. (laughs) Use it when it means something. Venezuela is socialist. Mm -hmm. And in Venezuela, people are losing weight because of it. And hundreds of, we have body counts in the book too. I mean, we yeah. eat, you know, it's 100 million people the, uh, are dead because of it. Yeah.
2: There's so much content. It, you don't think there's a lot of content. There's some great stories in here yeah. and, and very interesting and really eye-opening as you read through it. It's a good read. Also, it'll make you laugh uh, at different things. And it also makes you wonder, what the hell were you thinking doing this? Because there are a few times in here where I'm like, you're nuts uh, to be doing it. But uh, socialism sucks. It's, uh, you get it on Amazon.
0: Amazon. right? Amazon. You Social find me, I'll sell you one out of the back of my car. Now that's <laughs> capitalism, yeah. that's
2: best, right? But I, I, I enjoyed it. And it's a very, very interesting book. And and really, the beers were good too, today. They weren't good. I don't good. drink so beer like, often enough, apparently, either. But I think that was like three beers in a matter of like 30 minutes.
1: I'm a lightweight, so, uh, <laughs> you
2: know. No, right. this, I, I enjoy this a lot. We nice. enjoyed visiting with you. Uh, a few months ago at SMU and uh, really guys it, it's well worth it check it out uh, and I, I can't thank you enough for coming on here we did Thanks really pitch around you. the whole part about what our people process oh, service yeah, is but I, I think know. at yeah. the end of the day so. you definitely had people helping you get through this thing and you know you had your process to drink your beers and you really did a service by writing about this because it's mm-hmm. something new and opening and, and the Canada thing I think is a great great point to point out yeah. Thank you very it's much.
0: It was fun. Yeah.
1: yeah. It's been a blast. We'll, yeah, I enjoyed it. We'll do it again uh, coming up soon. But thank you, everyone, for watching this episode or listening to this episode of People, yep. Process, yep. Service. This is Bill Casco. I'm Tyler Kern. We'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody.
2: Produced by AutoVita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.